Hey, hello. Hey. Sorry I'm late. Hey, hey, hey. No, no, no. What were you getting into? I had to go. I was trying to get to the gym, and I ran lost track of time, and so I'm dripping with sweat. Uh, <laughs> I see that. So. Uh, what week was it? Oh, it's, or, sorry, well, what day? What day was it? Not week. What day? Yeah. Uh, it was running. Running. Okay. Uh, how far did you go? Two point six five miles. Not very far. No, but far enough to get the juices flowing, right? Oh God, yes. <laughs> In a big way. Uh, <laughs> okay. I hate it. Working out or just life in general? I've uh, both, completely both, in <laughs> equal parts, very equal parts. I truly do. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that is truly coming across right now, <laughs> and it's one hundred percent the maybe next time energy we need to bring. <laughs> uh, folks, you better welcome back to another episode of maybe. Next time. I am your host, William, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation. I like to think of William and I as the voice for the voiceless. <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Kyrie Irving. <laughs> uh, no, we've got a big, big, big old show for you today. We're going to do season predictions. We're going to do basketball fantasy rankings. We're going to look through Yahoo's rankings, which has some real curveballs in it, Simon, regarding Nets players. Okay. Uh, I, of course, want to get your reactions to preseason because, as we both know, as scholars of the National Basketball Association, uh, preseason foretells all. Yes. And thus we will spend an agonizing amount of time digging into the tape uh, breaking down the very things that Jordan Ott and others on the bench. Is, is Jordan Ott a, an assistant coach? Yeah, he's in charge of our offense now. We went from Mike D'Antoni to Jordan Ott. <laughs> I think he had a little time in the G League uh, as a coach in the G League. I could be mistaken about that. Yeah, that could be right. Uh, but he is one of the great offensive minds of our time, other than Simon and myself, of course. Um, but first and foremost, we need to discuss the specter which hangs heavy over all Nets Nation, Simon. The voice for the voice, voiceless, as you said, is certainly not Mumia any longer, Simon. It is a man uh, at really at this point, he transcends being a man and humanity in general he is a spiritual teacher he is a moral <laughs> compass he is an ethical paragon he is a biological anomaly in that he unlike others needn't get vaccinated right. uh, he is Kyrie Irving, and there was some rather large news this week, which we are going to assume most of you have heard, so just delve into de a little bit here to set us up for talking about predictions, because really, one can't talk about the future of the Nets without talking about the 
potential season long absence, perhaps, you know, forever long absence of Kyrie Irving. So what happened this week? Co-host and lover of life, Simon McCormack. Uh, okay. So since we last left you, Nets decided he Kyrie could not just play half the games on the road. He just was has to be fully off the team and not practice and not play unless he gets vaccinated. Then there was the Sham Sharania story, where among other things, sources close to Kyrie and I'm using air <laughs> quotes here, folks. Said that yeah, he we need was... a sound effect for those air quotes because these are like bigger than most air quotes. These are <laughs> <laughs> these are flapping their air quote wings directly into the microphone right now. Yes, and uh, Shamshronia wrote a tortured piece uh, where he was clearly constrained by the uh, writing styles of Kyrie Irving, um, where he said he was the voice of the voiceless and, uh, you know, um, yeah, just wanted to take a stand. And then um, the last thing was the Instagram live thing, which to me, where he went on for like 20 plus minutes in a rambling, very incoherent uh, uh, thing where I think the most important thing is he said he's not going to retire. And the other two things that I took away from it are one, I continue to have very real concerns about his mental health. Uh, I'm not a physician, as I've said many, many times, but I think that that what goes unsaid, perhaps because it's not nice to speculate about someone's own uh, mental health, but what goes unsaid in a lot of these pundit shows is like the guy is pretty unhinged seeming. Like he's not, it's not just that he's not like clear with his thoughts. It's that like if this were not a multimillionaire third team all NBA player and just someone like on the street corner talking the way that he was talking, you would be very concerned about that person. You would hope that that person got the help they needed. Uh, <laughs> did you, like, did you listen to the full 28 minute thing? No, I've listened to, to clips. Yeah. I've uh, only heard, clips. I've only heard summaries of it and you know, there they range from the completely dismissive to the sincere uh, you know like a kevin o'connor type who really seemingly tried to engage with it but nobody has taken away a clearly identifiable point that he tried to make in the entire thing right no totally well and and something that like Ryan Russillo said on his podcast, I think it was him, where he said the people that he's talked to who are close with Kyrie spend most of their time concerned about him rather than feeling like upset at him. Like they worry about him. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that this video is demonstrative of why. The only other last thing that I'll say here is I think the overriding principle of Kyrie Irving, the, the thing that, that sort of shapes everything that he does is that he is an extreme control freak um more than egotistical just like doesn't want doesn't want to be told when to show up to things doesn't want to be it doesn't want to have like his quotes taken in ways that he doesn't want them used that's why he hates the media doesn't want a vaccine in his body doesn't want to be forced to take the vaccine in his body like doesn't want to have surgery doesn't want to be told that he has to have surgery like he just does not like to have other people having anything like he wants to have like no consultation or influence in terms of like his decision making 
Yeah, and we will, of course, delve into the ramifications of this. I think, Simon, you pointed out the one sort of important, if that's the right word, uh, tidbit <laughs> from his Instagram Live, which is that he said he won't retire. Um, yes. That could be really great for the Nets in that other teams may then be more willing to trade for him. But, as you also said, difficult to uh, trust and take him at his word <laughs> at this point. Yes. It's he's, a, he's an unreliable narrator of his own life and experience and sort of like hopes and dreams, I feel like. They change... Yeah all the time uh and so while perhaps gms are comforted by that uh, um <laughs> that you even need to make that claim suggests that uh you know at any moment that could could revert back to yeah i think i'm gonna retire now because i'm frustrated about something right exactly there will always be another thing there will always be that is one thing we've learned as 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 tortured uh, I'm going to use those scare quotes again. Fans of Kyrie Irving <laughs> um, is that if you think for a second you're going to be able to talk about something other than Kyrie Irving, you are you are dead wrong. He is second really only to Donald Trump in terms of his capacity to eat, like to attract attention from the media, good, bad, or or otherwise right um he is sort of the perfect embodiment of 21st century celebrity they seem completely miserable uh, by the spotlight yet manage to be in the spotlight at all times <laughs> um so anyway we will we will get more into what we think is going to happen as a result of the nets decision not to let him continue to play in our in our predictions coming up but before we get to our predictions, simon i want to ask you uh a guy who i think is sweating slightly less than he was when we started the podcast yeah it's moved down to my stomach area okay it's just sort of pooling there yeah there's like a lot of gray my light gray shirt has turned much darker in my stomach area <laughs> okay. my gut area you're good um so I want to talk to, to Gut Sweat a little bit about a few preseason trends. Okay. okay. And I, of course, at the top said preseason foretells all. I, I was I was kidding. Um, preseason doesn't typically mean a whole lot, particularly for veteran teams, right? Like I, I, I've heard a lot of people um, recently saying, at this point, the regular season almost doesn't tell us much about a team, right? Because there, because yeah. what really matters is the playoffs and what a team looks like during that run in the playoffs. Like when they turn it up, like LeBron James very famously is, you know, MVP level guy during the regular season, but somehow gets better every year in the playoffs. And I think in general that those are like the, the great players and the really good teams, right? They actually become much, much better. And it's just a different game because the stakes are so much higher. So if the regular season is already, you know, borderline irrelevant, I don't I don't fully agree with that, but uh, borderline irrelevant. 
preseason is is arguably completely irrelevant. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to mention four trends I noticed in the preseason and ask you how seriously we should take them. Okay. Right? So is it a complete write off or might this actually foretell something about the future? Uh first one, Simon Cam Thomas seems not to be a favorite of Steve Nash's. So, uh, well, in the game we went to most recently, he got only garbage time minutes. In previous games, like the one I was watching against Philadelphia, he got in, shot twice, but the second time he... uh, (laughs) passed up uh, or took a shot when there was a wide open Kevin Durant and was immediately yanked from the game. So there just seems to be a lot about his game. And by a lot, I mean these two instances because I didn't watch a ton of preseason. Uh, a, A number of things about Cam Thomas's sort of heat check, shoot first mentality that I think might annoy Steve Nash a little bit. One, do you think that there's any truth to that? And two, um, do you think that could be something that we see as a trend during the season where if, say, Cam Thomas really just refuses to pass, he's not going to get playing time? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I, I think you already see, though, uh, yes, I, I, I think that Steve Nash is in a position where, one, he doesn't have a lot of time to teach this, you know, to have a, have a Cam Thomas, like, learn through his mistakes. Like, there's just not he's not able to to do that and two we have a deep enough team even without Kyrie Irving that like Steve Nash doesn't have to live with Cam Thomas like oh boy you know like yeah he's gonna make some mistakes but we were ride or die with this guy it's like okay well he's not doing the right things he made a bad play so I'm gonna like you know kind of like be a, a Kenny Atkinson about about Cam Thomas, like be a Steve Nash about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden, but you can afford to be kind of a hard ass on a Cam Thomas who hopefully will, will learn from that. Um, and I think like, you know, players like D'Angelo Russell and whatnot did kind of, you know, like they, they became better under that kind of system. And I, I think it'll be good for him overall. And I don't think that he like, I, I don't because I think Steve Nash will have kind of a short leash for him. I, I still I don't think that that means we won't see a lot of Cam Thomas. I do think we will just because of injuries and stuff. Um, and I think I think Cam will kind of learn from it. I, I think we already even saw in like the later parts of that preseason game, like he was not totally exclusively looking for for his his shot. Right. Uh, next trend: James Harden. So we were at the game against the Timberwolves. James Harden had a number of assists, very few points. Uh, Certainly looked better than the guy we saw um, (laughs) post-hamstring injury in the playoffs who literally couldn't run. Uh, But I wouldn't say he dazzled offensively. Mm -hmm. Uh, Didn't look like a guy who's going to compete for uh, scoring champ this season uh do you think that's you know a vet who doesn't really care about the preseason or is that something that could just be age catching up with him 
I am, yes. I would tend more towards the latter, unfortunately. I, I am a bit worried. Like, like I understand totally you're not going to put in full effort for the uh, preseason, but, like, are you saving a light jog for the regular season? Because, like, I truly don't think he did any anything even approaching, like, a run the entire time and just looked like a, like, lumbering pickup basketball player. I, it was an amazing passer, but uh, really just looked really, yeah, to, to your point, like, looked like he'd taken several steps towards the, the point of being washed. Um, I am going to take a slightly more optimistic view of things than you on that. I think that uh, it was him just not caring much about preseason. Okay. Um, and that will that will be borne out in some of my predictions uh, later. I think this is going to be a big James Harden season. But I will admit, it didn't look – it wasn't a promising preseason game by any, <laughs> by any stretch. You, now, what do you think – I guess we can talk about this later, but 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 you can put this in the parking lot um, if you want. But I'm curious what you think about how the new foul rules will, will impact him. Mm. Uh, no, I think that now is – good a time as any so yeah i think that there are a lot of people uh who when they the nba announced these foul rule changes uh making it a little bit harder for offensive players particularly guards around the three-point line to get away with some of the shenanigans that they've been getting away with yeah um the people that were immediately at players that were immediately identified as uh, this could impact are Harden, um, Trey Young, Steph Curry, uh, Chris Paul. Um, but that said, I think that one thing that uh, defines all of those guys and perhaps James Harden more than any of them, with the possible exception of Trey Young, is that they whatever the rules are they find ways of exploiting them and yeah. while they are proactively um trying to stop what they currently are exploiting i think that so long as there are rules they will find ways of exploiting them so i think it'll just look look different you know they'll just find different means of doing it i don't think it's going to you know i don't think it's going to like diminish them by you know, 25% or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. But again, I'm kind of optimistic on Harden this year. Um, spotty minutes for Nick Claxton, followed by a start against the Timberwolves. We're all over the place on the Clax o meter <laughs> here. What do you read into that? I have been reading increasing things about his conditioning. Uh, it sounds like he just. Is not, and this was happening last year. Remember when he got back from injury last year and it looked like literally running for two minutes was like the most painful thing on earth? Like he had never ran before. Uh, and I, I keep reading things about like like Nash is saying, well, as he gets his conditioning up and the more he gets his conditioning, he can be more active. And, you know, so I think that the, the bad play early on is, is a function of conditioning, which, again, I, the guy is a young man. Like, I don't really understand how how he's so bad at, at conditioning so far. But um, but I think that's mostly the, the issue. 
Okay, I hadn't I hadn't read uh, much about that, but that's in some way comforting. You kind of wish he would have come in. Um, yeah, ready to impress in what is essentially a contract year for him. Uh, he impressed the hell out of me in the game. I, I do think he is far and away our best defensive player, but more on that soon. Final thing, Simon, and this is in your wheel box. Uh, we should really call this house. wheel wheel box house. <laughs> uh, Patty Mills looked fairly meh. Yes. Uh, is this a savvy vet saving himself in the preseason, or is Patty Mills, in fact, not the greatest offseason signing literally in the history of the sport? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he did not look good. He he has been shooting like shit, uh, mainly. I think he looks pretty good at defense. Um, you know, he's still buzzing around. Um, but his offense is awful and he's also like here's the other thing like he gets a lot of his his um you know he's like consummate teammate consummate team guy but like he doesn't get assists he's not really a like playmaking assisting point guard right he's a, he's a good shooter yeah but he's not really a big facilitator right exactly so that's a little disappointing okay uh, any other before we move on? Any other preseason trends that you think worth ma- mentioning? Uh, the only thing I thought that I would mention is uh, I really liked that we like that we now have a good screener again uh, in Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. Um, we, like Ed Davis was like a screener screener, um, and like we we've had some off and on some really good. Sc- solid screen setters who just like are a brick wall um and uh great to have another one here in the the burly paul Millsap, who is clearly talk about washed not in his his best days but you know can still do some some good uh you know tough guy things yeah no i'd say uh one of the highlights of the preseason for me was uh higher on Millsap than i thought i'd be Hey, there you go. I think if yeah. we re-ranked him, I may move Millsap ahead of LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I know. That's what you had. You had all oh, right. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. Hey, all right. So, uh, you know, once again, your your, <laughs> your sagacity uh, bears out. Yes. Uh, okay, Simon, why don't, before we get into predictions and fantasy whatnot, why don't we do a little bit of an ad read? Oh, shit. Okay. It's okay. You don't have to have it up. I can sort of talk us through it, okay? Okay, that sounds and great. And I just love you to be here as sort of moral support. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll throw some cues your way throughout. Okay, great. So, so as you may or may not be aware, Simon... Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now, this is wild, Simon. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. What? Yeah. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL. You want to guess what year it was in? No, I mean, yeah, I would love, I would love to. I, I have no idea. Sixty-five. Close. Uh, nineteen forty-three, my friend. Wow. Nineteen forty-three. 
Uh, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. <laughs> okay, I've, I've pulled up I've pulled up the ad script, William, and let me just tell you, I was wondering how you were going to approach the obviously meant to be authentic speech. This is this is a no-brainer. <laughs> and you knocked it out of the park. Thanks, man. I you know I do what I can here. Uh, if you've got it up, you want to you want to hammer those bullets. I, I would love to, but I'd love to read it in the voice of uh, the woman in Succession. God, she's a famous actress whose name I'm now forgetting. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hunter? What is it? Holly Hunter. Oh, I love, I love Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. I love Holly Hunter. Thank Go for you. It. Okay, well, you're going to love this impression of her reading a DraftKings ad read. Okay. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, uh, well, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. And everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their free first deposit. Here's a call to action. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. Um, Yeah, Holly Hunter, she, I think she's like a comedic genius. Uh, she was in Raising Arizona. Yeah, yeah, that's where we right. Yes, yeah, we we did a um, we did a little IMDb on her last night. But uh, yes, that's my favorite role of hers. Yeah, no, I she's 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 hilarious, and you <laughs> you nailed it. We're actually rewatching uh, Succession right now before the new stuff comes uh, out. Us too, William. And uh, we're on season two, and she's just appeared again. And I'd forgotten she was a part of the show, and, and it's a real treat. Yeah, uh, but yes, you you nailed her clipped uh, CEO <laughs> speak <laughs> perfectly. I unfortunately am not that good at impersonation, so I'm not going to read the call to action in another yeah, you, person. You, you, could, you couldn't top mine. Uh, totally understandable. No, but I think that each <laughs> ad read going forward, at the very least, the bulleted points should be you impersonating someone. Okay. The Thank the <laughs> The more esoteric, the better, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I bet there's, there's a few Holly Hunter heads out there in Nets Nation, but not a ton. Yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. All right, call to action. This is going to be quick, folks. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 NFL NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Period. Okay. Simon, that was something pretty special there. That was, I agree. Uh, can't, can't wait to do it again sometime, maybe in a week. Exactly. Can't, I also feel that way. Uh, okay, so this is the part of the podcast where we get into season predictions. We're going to do your standard, you know, MVP, Rookie of the Year, blah, blah, blah. But we're going to have a couple fun ones in there, too, as well as broader team-level projections for these guys. So let's get down to it, Simon. Who do you predict will be the Nets MVP this year? Uh, Kevin Durant. Not an interesting uh, or unique take, but uh, you know he's he's just he looked he looked fantastic uh, in the preseason. 
just led the Team USA to a, a gold. Um, he could very well be the league MVP. Very well could. I have for this one James Harden, and it comes down entirely to playing time. I think Harden's going to get closer to 80 games, whereas I expect Durant to get closer to 60 games. Mm. Obviously, neither of you know, no one can predict either of those things. Durant is the better player, objectively, so if he plays as much as or just slightly less than, he will be the MVP. Yeah. Uh, most improved player. This one is slightly more interesting, potentially. Yeah. Who do you have? Um, this was tough for me because I feel like all of almost all of our players are either rookies or on the back end of their career. Right. You're not so, going to see a leap from Blake Griffin this season. Right. Right. Um. So for me, I thought it was. It, I'm. I'm going to say Javon Carter. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, I think the Nets are really going to utilize him a lot. And I think with Harden and Patty Mills and Heavens, if we get Kyrie Irving, um, we've got a lot of ball handling. And so you can just kind of play Javon Carter, who's short but plays big as you know your spot-up shooter um, and defensive presence. And I think he'll excel at that and get more points than – He's used to getting and shoot a better percentage than he has. Um, all right. I, mine was going to be Nick Claxton just because mm-hmm. I'm hoping he will be. But I also had a backup one in case you chose him. And right now I feel like choosing him because okay. he's, it's slightly more interesting. Paul Millsap. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so as I said, I was very impressed with him in the one meaningless preseason game we watched. But basically, Paul Millsap has, over the last several years, become less and less relevant to the point of, you know, basically being a vet. You know, he is a literally a vet minimum guy who really can't inspire. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, and was just like increasingly receding from the, the limelight in Denver, where he's been for the last few years and is nowhere near where he was when he was a perennial all star in Atlanta. I think if a guy like Blake Griffin can have such a big role like he did last season, Paul Millsap has a chance to sort of resuscitate his career, his name, have a really huge season where potentially, like the starting lineup we saw against the T-Wolves, I really liked, where he's the four and Claxton's the five, and Uh you have Joe Harris, KD, and Harden out there. If something like that happens, Paul Millsap shows he can still be like a 22 to 24-minute-a-game guy who is just doesn't make mistakes and can give you some rebounding, some toughness. You said you have some picks, set some picks out there and can maybe hit a few threes. Uh, I feel like he could go from vet minimum who will likely not even be on a team next season to a guy who could perhaps get like a mid-level exception type contract and have a few more years on his career. Yeah, he could be the the this year's Jeff Green. Exactly, which isn't you know the sexiest, most improved thing ever. It's not like what Claxton could be, which is like hypothetically from spot rotation guy to like entrenched starting center potential, like all NBA defensive team guy. You know. Yeah. Um. I obviously I'd love to see that leap more, but I think Paul Paul Millsap intrigued me in the preseason in a way that I wasn't expecting. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, who's your sixth man? Oh, it's still Patty Mills. I'm still drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> um, I, I do, the guy you know, who was the first to pour the Kool-Aid on the ground is still drinking that Kool-Aid. Exactly, exactly. I, I, it's, you know, fuck it. Patty Mills. Okay, mine is going to be Cam Thomas because Hope Springs oh. Eternal. I want Cam Thomas to get a lot of run. I want him to be the Eddie House on this team and be a guaranteed bucket. Um, DPOY, Defensive Player of the Year. I think we'll both say Claxton. Is that right? Uh, yes. I, I yes. I think that is that is correct. I'd say he's the one guy on the team who who has a legitimate chance of making uh, All NBA Defensive Team. Like I don't know that he's going to get enough run. But, like, no one else has that sort of ceiling of defensive player on this team. Yeah, I think that's right. And that could be – I mean, we could have an outsized sense of what his ceiling is. But uh, I think that we're both – at least I am ridiculously high on his uh, upside. Um, Rookie of the year, hard not to pick Cam Thomas. Are you doing a Kessler Edwards on us or – <laughs> or uh, or Dayron Sharp, or Dayron um, Sharp, yeah, yeah, Cam Thomas. Great, we'll move on. Leader in total minutes played, not average minutes, total minutes played. This is a big question for the Nets, Simon, because your answer will tell us whether or not you believe we are going to get bit by the injury bug, as we seem always to to be bitten by yeah or if we maybe are spared this year i actually think that even if we are not bit by the injury bug which of course we will be as you just said but even if we're not we will be bit by the um minute management bug um (laughs) and if the 32 minutes it's a nasty little bug it's a terrible bug but it's a bug that has infested the nets for many years now uh but it just it is like little things like Kevin Durant playing 32 minutes in a meaningless preseason game show. And we saw it last year, too. Um, if Kevin Durant is in the lineup for Steve Nash, he cannot help himself but play him like enormous minutes. Like it's impossible for him to see Kevin Durant on the bench and not think we got to get this guy. In <laughs> yeah. So like the only way to do it is like, OK, Steve. Kevin Durant is literally unavailable to you. Right. No, I, I, I hear you. I think they, they will likely have to do that. Um, James Harden also is a guy who's extremely reluctant to, to not play when he's available and yeah. sort of demands to be available. That would be my optimistic um, pick. Yeah. Uh, my cynical pick is it's going to be Joe Harris. Yeah, Cynical is maybe the wrong, wrong word, the pessimistic one. I guess. Right. Sure. Uh, yeah, mine is Joe Harris, too. Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely. Uh, now, this is a the next award is a very special award. It's the DeAndre Jordan slash Quincy Acey Award, um, which is the award for player who gets significant amounts of playing time uh-huh. um, and as a result causes us endless amounts of anguish and anxiety about why they are getting playing time. Okay. Uh, so who do you think there's a candidate for this award on the team this year? 
Well, so I first want to set my answer here up by saying I hope I am wrong and I don't dislike this person. I don't dis- – whereas yet, like yet. instantly people – right, exactly. Instantly DeAndre Jordan was hated and pretty much instantly with Quincy AC, if you knew who that was, you hated him. Uh, <laughs> Not many people right, cared right. enough about the Nets at that point to talk Quincy AC. <laughs> so I don't have a perfect fit for this and again, I hope that I'm wrong. But I kind of think that it's going to be LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, We're we're in the same boat on that one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, for me, it's just like, I, I, you know, he takes a lot of shots for how long he's on the court. He doesn't seem to be interested in doing much else. Like, he's not getting rebounds. He's not really blocking shots. He's not really anywhere near the paint. He's like a full-on, like, Brooke Lopez-style center now. Um, yeah, he I, has the vibe to me of a guy who still thinks he's an all-star, even though basically he should be retired, <laughs> yeah. which so is a I, lethal combo. Yes, and I think he's a nice guy. I don't think he's like a jerk about it the way like DeAndre Jordan was. Like, I think he's a good time guy, but um, yeah, I do worry that that's, yeah. Yeah, I think he's a good time guy now because he seems to be getting what he wants. Uh, <laughs> I wonder. If, I wonder if the good time guy continues if Steve Nash pulls a DeAndre in the playoffs and just benches him. Yeah. Um, so yes, at this point, I'm willing to say I have no grudge and don't feel any even close to the animosity I did towards DeAndre Jordan and Quincy Acey towards the Mar- Marcus Aldridge. But of all the guys on the team right now, he strikes me as the strongest candidate for potentially becoming that. Yeah. yeah. Just cause he could have a large role and he could genuinely kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you think any nets will win any league wide awards this year? I think that Kevin Durant will win MVP. Okay. Yeah, I right. think I think he and Harden both have a legitimate shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, particularly with Kyrie out. Yes. I think they both also have a, 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 a almost lock on All-NBA. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Agree with you there. Um, I think there's a... a yeah, I think there's a possibility that Steve Nash is coach of the year. Okay. Um, I think it would require the Nets to uh, to obviously be the have the best record in the East and pr- probably the best record in the league. But just for weathering the Kyrie storm, which will continue to royal likely throughout the year, um, and and to manage sort of all these egos to, yeah to create a, a really dominant team i could see that possibility anyway yeah um also as i've mentioned i could see claxton maybe getting some all defensive team attention if he's um if he gets enough playing time and if cam thomas is something close to the sixth or seventh guy on this team it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he could be in the rookie of the year conversation Okay, I, I I am not co-signing any of probably the last three to four things you've said. I I love your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have coach of the but, year, league MVP, 
All defensive player of the year, Nick Claxton, and rookie of the year. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, Cam can light it up. I, I will say for Cam, I, haven't, I don't think I've said anything nice about him on this podcast. I It's a simple thing, but I loved how like effortlessly he canned those pressure free throws. I know it's preseason, but um, these are arguably some of the biggest games of his very young career. And he just had no, there was never any doubt he was going to sink those things. Um, so I, I love his, his no conscience. Um. Oh yeah. No, there's a lot to love about Camp Thomas. Um, yeah. And I hope, I hope, uh, I hope we, we don't say it enough, so we should, we should say it more often. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Total wins. Vegas has us at 56.5. Hmm. Where are you? Over or under on that one? I'm a big time under. Big um, time under. Yeah, I would say I would say if we get 50 wins, I will be you know, relatively happy. And that's because you know, especially with the two star, I mean, for God's sakes, last year we had three fucking stars and it didn't matter. We always had people hurt. Now, like when we have them out, there's no, you know, we don't even get like a Kyrie game. Where, you know, Kyrie is at least manning the ship and, you know, we have like a coin flips chance of winning a game. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of games like that. Um, and I just don't think we're going to prioritize the regular season because I think we still think even with without Kyrie, I, I do buy that the Nets brass is like, look, if these if our two stars are healthy, we really have a good chance pretty much whatever seed i mean i certainly don't think they want to be like a five seed but anything below that i think they're fine with so if Um, kyrie were on the team would you would you hammer the over then well i think the over would go i mean i think the number would go up um so i can't say but if it were still 56 i think that was the number before before the uh kyrie news happened oh okay well if so then Yes, I do. Just because I just think like having all three stars out is much less likely than having two stars out. Yeah. I mean, I've always tried to make the argument that I don't think that Kyrie on his own impacts winning. Um, so I don't know how much my opinion would change with him in here. Uh, I I still think that that I would go with the over on this. I think they're more they're going to be closer to a 60 win team. Wow. 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 I'm very, very high on this team. Uh, where do we finish in the Eastern Conference? Sounds like you think probably second or third. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think they're going to win it. Whoa! I okay. think they'll be. I think they'll they'll be ahead of the Bucks. I think it will matter to them. I don't think they want to go to. What was that stupid thing they had outside of the the Buck Stadium? Oh, um, right. Uh, um. Deer Park or something. Yeah. Yeah. I I know what you mean. I don't think they want to play a game seven there is what I'm saying. Uh uh I mean, I know that they're arrogant and think that they're still the best team by far. um, But I think I think they recognize that Milwaukee's pretty formidable, particularly if we don't have a third star. Mm -hmm. Um, Playoff results. Where do you think we're getting this year? Second round last year, are we bet? Are we besting that? I think, William. I think we are going to get. 
to the conference finals. I I I, I do think the Bucks are going to be better than us, and I think there's a decent chance Philadelphia could beat us. Wow! Depending on what happens with the. Your pessimism knows no bounds, my friend. <laughs> I have one word written under this, and that is championship, baby. Okay. It's chip or bust. Yeah. I mean, it certainly is chip or bust. I certainly, that's our goal for sure. But, uh, yeah, okay. All right. Um, I mean, I, really, I genuinely think that um, having not having the distraction of Kyrie Irving around the team very often could be a positive thing for this team. Yeah. I, I, I think that that much is true, but I think just the, the beauty of having like all those games that we, they played with James Harden and Kyrie Irving and, and um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, um, including against the Bucks, like it, Kyrie by himself, you're totally right. Um, probably doesn't do, give you much more than a fifty percent. You know, you're, you, you know, probably you're a five hundred team with Kyrie as your best player. But, um, but I think as a number two or especially a number three, Kyrie is like really unlocks something. Um, so I, I mean, just talent wise, but. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, this current version of Kyrie, who's completely unreliable and you never know what's going to happen, I agree with you. But, like, if you're talking about, you know, um, the, the Kyrie that existed last year, who was disappeared for two weeks, sure. I mean, <laughs> nobody liked that. But, like, it wasn't – I think he's reached a new level of insanity. Yeah. Well, speaking of Kyrie, Simon, how many games – Will Kyrie play for the Nets? I think it will be zero. I, I really do think it's going to be zero. I do not think he's going to get the vaccine. Um, I think there's a little bit of palace intrigue here where um, I, I think that Kevin Durant and James Harden, if I'm reading between the lines, are pretty genuinely upset at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that... What, what, if, gave you, what gave you that feeling? So I think that just... The, the way that they talk about him, just the way, you know, that they have like a very pro forma, like just like, you know, like a talking points, you know, control what you can control. But then there's just certain glimpses. There's certain ways like a, like a, like when when Kevin Durant was like, oh, you know, when you're trying to replace a Kyrie Irving, you can't, you know, it's difficult and blah, blah, blah. And like. You know, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think I've ever referred when I'm when I've talked about you to anyone. I've never said when you when you're talking about William Bluer, you're talking about blah, blah, blah. Like, I just don't think of like I don't think of you that way. And like I, I, to me, I, I think there's just like like they're distant. Just, there's like a there's like a chasm that's opened up between them or something. Yeah. And I think they have every reason to be. That's the other thing. Like any human being would be upset at him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, oh, if, yeah. if you're if you're Kyrie or sorry, if you're Durant and you got dragged to the nets by Kyrie Irving so that you could play together and then he just ghosts on you that that's upsetting. And other I mean, another thing that I should mention is like, obviously, the nets saying Kyrie can't play could not have ever happened without the go-ahead of especially Durant, but also Harden. So I just think there's like, you know, there's a level of, yeah, there's a, there's a friction. 
for sure. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, do you think that means that the Nets could potentially trade him or will trade him? Uh, I think that the bigger issue with that is that, like, I think I don't know what they're going to get for it. And if you are Sean Marks, at least at this point, I don't know. We'll see. I think that there could be a situation later in the season where it makes sense, where, um, you know, the, the it's just clear Kyrie's not playing and there's like and like he or his people put out that like he'd be interested in going to XYZ teams. Right. Mm-hmm. They just want they they want Kyrie to get the Nike money to get, you know, a new contract. Um, and and they're putting out like, yeah, he'll play for XYZ teams. Then maybe, but as it stands now, I just don't know what team would take a chance. And even if you're getting thirty cents on the dollar, like you still have to go to Kevin Durant and say, "Hey, are you okay with trading a guy who you might still have some fondness for for like spare parts?" Like that's a much bigger that's a much bigger ask than like, "Hey, we need Ben Simmons." Can I tell you what team I think they're going to trade with right now? Who? Um, and of course, I you know this is pure speculation, but I could see a world in which the New Orleans Pelicans begin the season disastrously. Right, Zion Williams Williamson is injured. Uh, they didn't tell anyone, but apparently now he has foot surgery and hasn't even begun running and has put on tons of weight and blah blah blah. Uh, and this team has serious serious uh expectations they need to get to the playoffs they need to try to do something to show that zion to show zion williamson that he should stay there and sign you know the extension uh-huh. uh plus the general manager there is former gm of the cleveland cavaliers david griffin who has a relationship with kyrie irving Huh? Yeah. Um, and a kind I kind of a not great one, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of ended on a sour note. It, you know, but yeah, time heals all wounds. Um, <laughs> so I could see them getting off to a disastrous start. Uh-huh. Uh, the Nets recognizing that they are not going to get anything close to equal value, and doing something along the lines of Valanciunas and. X like a Josh Hart or a you know uh, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker or something like that a mm-hmm. young-ish guy who probably isn't going to be more than like a seventh or eighth guy on a team uh, for Kyrie Irving because they also they need they need a point guard uh-huh um, and that is just a uh, I don't know what do you what do you think is that is that is that Cuckoo. I don't. I mean, look. I am of the opinion. I am not a Kevin Durant or or a James Harden. I am fine getting whatever you can get for Kyrie Irving and getting it now, so that you can have a full season with X Y Z person or people, mm-hmm. X Y Z players. Because uh, I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he would. I think there'd be a lot of questions if he even does come back, like the sort of like, you know, the team dynamic could, could, um, become more toxic as, as you sort of alluded to. So I would take anything. I would take pretty much anything. Yeah. No, no, no. Me too. 
<laughs> I, I I mean literally anything. <laughs> I I so badly want him to be some other team's problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's to the point where like I forgot that like he has a player option next year. Yeah. Like I've, it's always been thought of like okay like if you don't lock Kyrie up now it's like bad because he'll be a free agent but like he doesn't have to be a free agent no he could be on our team yeah for 38 million or something like that yeah yeah no i i I think it would be a maybe sean mark's greatest um gm move if he were able to trade him for literally anything uh let alone someone good like Jonas valanciunas I know I'm. I'm sort of a. I, You're on, on Valanciunas Island. I'm on a little bit of an island on that one. Yes, but uh, he's a great guy. Do you think, speaking of extension, Simon, that our boy Harden is going to sign his extension? No, because that was supposed to happen, right? I know it was a very. It's a very weird press conference from from Sean Marks because he never says any. Like he's never. Um, he does these press conferences specifically to not say anything. Um, and then all of a sudden says this like pretty bold thing. Um, and yeah, it's almost completely, I mean, totally incorrect. Uh, and I, I am not where I, I buy the conventional thing that everyone's saying. I, I agree with it that, that like, um, Harden not signing is not a sign that he's like disgruntled and upset. If anything, I think Harden is kind of like, hey, hey, like, you know, I'm now I'm like, I have even more of Sean Mark's ear and, and Joe Sy's ear. Right. Um, and I have one less like insane person to contend with who who also has that ear. <laughs> um, so, but but it just it's like he can make like 60 some million more by signing uh, next year. So I just don't think I completely understand wanting to do that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little nerve wracking. Like if if, yeah, if they get knocked bef- in the second round again, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nerve. That's that's trouble. It's nerve wracking for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, those are our future future predictions. Our season predict predictions, listeners. If you uh, found any of them grossly, uh, you know, wrong, go ahead and let us know. Instagram, Twitter, anywhere, really. Send us a personal email. Maybe that's time at gmail.com. Now we are going to briefly turn to fantasy basketball stuff because Simon Mm -hmm. and I are going to be participating in a fantasy draft. Simon, the way I want to do this is I want to talk about a few groupings of players and or individual players and their preseason projected rankings according to Yahoo because that's the app that we use for our fantasy basketball. And I want to just talk about what these preseason rankings tell us about who who's hot and who's not on the BK Nets. Mm-hmm. So first grouping I wanted to talk about were our two big dogs, Harden and KD. And Yahoo actually has Harden ranked as the fourth best fantasy guy this year and KD at the 11 as the 11th best fantasy guy. Uh, what if you had to try to get inside the brain of the 
genius Yahoo fantasy basketball <laughs> ranking, you know, guy. Yeah. Uh, what is he thinking when he's putting Harden seven slots ahead of KD? I just think probably durability. Um, Harden missed as many games as as uh, KD did last year, but as we all know, um, historically, Harden is a workhorse. And um, Harden is also a notoriously fantastic fantasy guy to own because he fills up so many categories. Right, assists, rebounds, yeah, yeah, three great pointers. percentages. Um, yeah. Free throw percentage. Wait, that's not one. Three point uh, free throw percentage is right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, that's that's probably what I would I would think really dings Durant. All right. Uh, next next thing that stood out to me, number twenty eight, and this these rankings obviously came out before the the latest news. Twenty eight, Kyrie Irving. Would you pick Kyrie Irving twenty eighth? If he fell to you in a fantasy draft, uh, or where are you at on Kyrie's fantasy value for this season? No, I, I, I he's caused me so much drama. I wouldn't pay even one dollar. Is, is he is he a stay away for you? He is a complete stay away. Like I cannot have that more more things tied up in my life. You so Kyrie we do an we do an auction draft, uh, listeners. Simon Simon knows that. Uh, so this is for you and you only listeners. Sorry to bore you, Simon, with information you already have in your head. Yeah, it's okay. I've muted you. <laughs> That's often the right move. Um, so I don't know about not paying a dollar for Kyrie Irving because he's probably going to be on the IR. And if he ever comes back, like I would definitely not pay a dollar for him if he took up an actual bench spot, mm. but if you could put him on the IR, which is a question mark, I don't know if you can, uh, I would, I'd take a flyer on him in case he comes and plays at all. I don't know how much higher I'd go than a dollar though. Yeah. I, I, I just do not want him in my life. Okay. He's full on stay away mode, uh, for you. And I think that's pretty understandable. I am in, it's extremely intrigued as to whether someone nominates him tonight and if so if what what he'll go for yeah um so we will see i think you know ben simmons is another guy like that uh but this isn't a sixers podcast so i won't we won't get into that um the next grouping i wanted to do was bigs on the on the nets and i wanted to read you their rankings simon because i think this um would to me suggest that whoever created these is a complete moron but um (laughs) maybe i'm the complete moron so i know there's gonna be a lot of numbers and names here but try to i'm gonna read them in order from where the highest ranked to lowest ranked and just try to keep those in mind okay okay um, I'm sorry to give you such a brain buster this late in the podcast. I'm trying to focus. All right. So at 172, you've got Bruce Brown. He's the top. I'm, I'm grouping him as a big. Okay. At 194, 22 back is Blake Griffin. At 266 is LaMarcus Aldridge. 277 is James Johnson. 300 is Paul Millsap. 130 back from Bruce Brown. 
Wow. Dayron Sharp is 107 back from that at 407. And at 507th, the lowest ranked net in fantasy basketball is Nick Claxton. Yeah. I mean, he's not a good fantasy. I mean, I guess I mean, if you, he's certainly if you want better than Dayron Sharp and Kessler Edwards, right? <laughs> he's lower than both of them. He's he's 16 behind Kessler Edwards. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. I, I still yeah, I mean, that that's and I would say Paul Millsap should be in in Blake Griffin territory. I think he, I think Paul Millsap should be right around the Bruce Brown Blake Griffin territory as well. Like like probable waiver wire guys, but could potentially be on a team, be rostered yeah. for a bit in fantasy, depending totally. on how deep your league is. Um, what about? So I think I think all right. I think it's conceivable that Bruce Brown Blake Griffin. Aldridge and Millsap all realistically have a role on fantasy teams. What do you think about? I don't think Dayron does. Yeah, correct. TBD on Claxton in terms of mi- uh, minutes. Uh, what about James Johnson? Do you think he's going to get enough run? No, I don't either. I would. I would mm. completely stay away from James Johnson. I mean, again, Nets will have injuries, so like maybe you you bump him up for like a week, but like no, I I don't. Yeah. All right. Um. Another thing that stood out, Cam Thomas at 328. You think Uh there's any chance that his threes and points and maybe I would guess like free throw and field goal and probably not a lot of turnovers since he never tries to pass it. Um, (laughs) Do you think that could 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 elevate him to fringe fringe uh, fantasy worthy? I think that the only way that I see Cam Thomas being used is like for a team for one night where you're like right you need all the points you can get and you're you're you feel solid on field goal percentage which you might destroy on turnovers which honestly I do think he might I agree with you he's not trying to pass but that guy weirdly has a lot of turnovers he has no decision making skills at this point in his career um <sighs> so I would be wary of turnovers as well with him uh but yeah if you just need a, a jolt of points Right. For a day. Maybe a couple yeah. trays. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So then the the last little group here are the, the remaining guards led by Joe Harris at 120. So still, like, in our league, we got a 12-team league with 11 roster spots in total. Uh-huh. So, you know, he'd be fringe in that. Like, do you think he'll be drafted in our league? Yeah, definitely. And we'll have, like, a permanent role on a team in our league. Yeah, I think so. I think someone will pay more than like a dollar or whatever for him. Yeah. Uh, we've got then 100 spots back. Patty Mills at 226. Uh, 60 back from that is Javon Carter. 90 back from that at 371 is Bimbry. And 120 back from that is Kessler Edwards, uh, again, ahead of Nick Claxton at 491. Um, do you think there's any potential for like a Patty Mills or Javon Carter? I don't think Bimbry is going to be on a fantasy team, but. Do you think either of those two, Patty Mills or Javon, could be sleepers? Yeah, I, I think maybe more Patty Mills, just because he might he does a little bit more than Javon Carter. Yeah. Like he'll get you at least two or three assists. I would say and... unless Javon is like is ripping down more than a steal a game. Yeah, uh, there's which not, he might, which he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he gets enough run, I don't think he's gonna 
put up anything uh, else. I agree. Yeah. And he's actually, he's weirdly, his field goal percentage is terrible because his like two point shooting is quite bad. So then I think from this, we would say locks to be on a team this year. And at least in our league again, with like a 12, 12 person league, roughly 10 spots per team. Definitely Harden. Definitely KD. Definitely Joe Harris. Yeah. And not necessarily anyone else as like a non waiver wire pickup. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy considering, you know, we've had episodes where we've talked about the depth and how we we have like a, a strong team one through 15. Yeah. Um, we are widely regarded as, as as I think, if not the deepest team, one of the top three deepest teams. Yeah. Um, but I guess sometimes that doesn't translate to the uh, wild world of fantasy. Yeah, I mean when you right when you're talking about only needing 120 or whatever, how much how many players are going to get drafted? 120, uh, 132, uh, I think. 32. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know like like a top 100 list of players is like you've heard of everyone on there, and you know they're they're pretty. You yeah. Know. And I think I think probably there's a, a, a chance that if Lamarcus, Paul Millsap, or Blake Griffin are like defined starters, yeah, right, they could creep in totally. there just because rebounds and field goal percentage and and probably some block shots and stuff. Totally, and Patty Mills too. If one of the guards goes down, yeah, there could be some tasty treats on the waiver wire in, in <laughs> Netsville, but yeah, but we'll see. Um, okay, that. Simon is all I have for this week. Uh, the next time we do this, we will have played a couple games. Shit, that's crazy. We have opening opening nights Tuesday, right? With us against the Bucks, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, how about that season opener in Milwaukee? Uh, their ring ceremony. Do you think that that motivates our team to go out and kick some some buck butt? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to win that game. Oh, nice. That is, a, that is genuinely shocking for how, uh, how, how pessimistic I am, how pessimistic you've been on our long-term season, you know, season long projection here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really hope you're right about James Harden. If you're right about James Harden, I think we'll be fine. But that really just scared you enough. This preseason it, game to, yes. sort of, yeah. He, he's not moving. No, he it did look <laughs> slow motion for sure. I mean, he's always had a bit of that in his game. He's never been like a, uh, uh, God. What is that guy's name on uh, on the <laughs> Grizzlies? Oh, uh, John Morant. John Morant. Yes. Uh, he's 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 never had that sort of like speed and no correct. But he was never been this slow. I mean, except when he didn't have a hamstring. Right, exactly. It was the only comparison we have, as you said, is is when he didn't have a leg. Right. <laughs> right. He he looks like a somewhat recovered person who didn't have a leg. Right, right. Better than no leg, worse than the James Harden everyone remembers. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I hope you're right about that season opener. It would set a, a great precedent for this season and would inspire hope throughout Nets Nation, a land consumed by Kyrie Irving drama uh, <laughs> for the last several weeks, as this podcast can attest to. Um, Simon, would you implore our listeners to rate, review, and etc.? Folks, if you like this podcast, and even if you don't, give us five stars, please, please, wherever you get your podcast, and subscribe to us so that it, you know, pops up in your thing. You don't have to think about it; you just play it. Uh, and send us an email. Um, send us your questions, your thoughts, your season predictions to maybe next time at gmail.com or follow us, message us at maybe next time on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, excellently done. Please follow us there. We really would love a mailbag. We'd love it. Um, Simon, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to draft with you very, very, very soon. I assume you're probably going to need to wash up after that workout. I I got to do something with my body in my life. <laughs> okay, well, I will see you IRL very soon. It has been a pleasure podcasting with you. And, folks, we will go ahead and see you next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, the paper in bed and in the personal columns there was this letter I read